craziness is happening here this morning. On a rare fifth Sunday, if you're in Kidmo, you get to go head out to Kidmo this morning. You may not want to. You may want to stay here with us. Seriously. I mean, you may not want to go to Kidmo. They don't believe me. All right. Well, it's good to have you here today, and uh, we are starting a new series. I want to do um, talk a little more about Bema for those of you who are interested, and I just want to encourage you to be a part of it. Um, our primary reason for doing this discussion group is a number of you, we, we talked quite a bit, there we go. We talked quite a bit um, through our Genesis series about um, some of Marty Solomon's um, discussion on the Bayma podcast. Uh, as I've shared with you before, he's a guy that, um, evangelical Christian, went to Israel. Um, while he was there, started talking to some of the rabbis. Um, they were starting to talk about Jesus, and he realized, wow, you all don't even believe he's the Messiah, but you know more about Jesus than I do, and I believe he's the Savior of the world. So he it led him on a journey of just discovering what have we missed about Jesus. And so um, he started a podcast about six years ago, and there are discussion groups all over the world. The way this stuff works, if you have been in a Bible study before, this is different. So you're not coming in order for us to teach you Marty Solomon. Um, what you're going to do if you want to be a part of this discussion group is you're going to show up already having listened to an episode of his podcast, and then we're going to discuss it. And so if you have questions, a big part of what he does in the podcast is he pulls out what are the obvious questions that we have. And um, there is there are so many things in the, especially the Old Testament scriptures, because I I think your average person who grows up in the church knows a decent amount of the New Testament, the key stuff in the Old Testament, but they don't really know how it fits together, um, and they certainly don't understand the context in which those who originally learned it, how they understand um, what was being said. So this discussion group is a chance for us to come and to ask questions and to talk and to say, I always thought this is what that meant. But maybe that's not what it meant. I don't like that. Um, it's also an opportunity for us to just dig in and dive in and say, well, if if this is really what the text is saying, then maybe that means something else over here somewhere else in the Bible. But you can bring any question, and we'll talk as long as you want to talk up until about 8. <laughs> so if we finish um, at 7 and there are no more questions, we'll be done at 7. Um, at 8, we'll say, all right, we're done because uh, we got to go home. But it's going to start this weekend at 6.30. You can go to our website, journeychattanooga.com. There's an event listing for Bayma Podcast, um, and it's got a link there that will link you to their website, which is baymadiscipleship.com. And then whatever you listen to podcasts on, you can find their podcast on it. Cue it up. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning. And so you're going to go to the first episode. That's what we're going to talk about. We're right here at the holidays, so that means that we are going to probably meet a couple of weeks. We're going to break for Thanksgiving. We'll meet for a, you know two or three weeks, break for Christmas, and then we'll come back in January, and then we'll um, really be hitting it hard then, because by that time, you'll know what, this, what it's about, what it's like. Um, it's a kind of a new thing for all of us. Um, Ashley Tannis is going to help me lead it. She's got her Baymont podcast shirt on today. Um, she's listening. She knows more Marty Solomon than I do. 
So I'm super excited that she's going to be a part of this and that she's going to help us through this. Wednesday night, 6.30, um, listen to the first episode before you come, okay? If you don't have time to listen to the episodes, you can come, but you're not going to be able to really participate in the discussion. So I would encourage you to listen. An average podcast is somewhere between 20 minutes to, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes. Some of them are a little longer. Some of them are shorter. Um, I, we'd love to have you come. If we end up having a whole bunch of people, which I don't think we will, but a number of you have said you're interested, then um, we may have to break up in more than one group. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, we're going to start that this week. I hope you'll come. That's all I want to say about that. Um, we are happy that you're here. And we are starting a new series. I want to remind us about a few things that we've talked about before I get started this morning. I've got a few things I'm going to share with you this morning as well. Um, We'll see how that goes. I'm not great with props, so you may laugh more than you get something meaningful out of this, but I hope you get something meaningful out of it. Uh, I want us to remember where we have been in the last few months, honestly. We're starting this series on relationships, but this is not going to be a typical relationship series because uh, a typical relationship series goes something like this. Uh, you know, you need to find people that are positive influences in your life and spend more time with them. And you need to go out and you need to do some fun stuff together. And when we talk about dating and marriage, you know, find someone you have a connection with. And we're not, we're not going to be talking a whole lot about love tanks and things like that if you're big on the five love languages. What we're going to be doing is diving in just to human nature in general and the process of relationships and the problems of relationships. Why are relationships so hard? And how do we as Christians today, how do we build healthy, positive relationships? The idea is that God has been telling this story from the very beginning of this world in which he created, he put us in, and we had the opportunity to be a part of this just glorious, wonderful community of both people and relationships with God, and somewhere along the way, things broke. We're going to spend some time talking about how things break in our lives and why some people are so standoffish, why whenever we try to build relationships with people, some just are very hard to build relationships with, um, why we have conflict with each other. We'll talk a little bit about how do we deal with conflict, but we really want to go back into what is just kind of the broken human condition and how did it happen I've asked Deidre um, in a couple of weeks to talk about uh, just attachment issues. Whenever we're born, every child is born doing the same thing. Crying, hugging, wanting to eat, you know, pooping, peeing, that's about all that they do, right? Uh, growing, I guess. But they have built into them this ability to draw you in to meet their needs. One of the things that psychologists and sociologists and just child development people tell us is those cute baby faces are there for a reason, and they're there to make you want to pick them up. (laughs) Um, Because sometimes you don't want to pick up a baby, right? Sometimes the babies are wearing you out. You're tired. uh, You know, they won't stop crying. You just fed them, and you just changed them, and now we're doing it again. But just the very mannerisms, the cooing, the, the things draw us in. And for a child to develop just in a healthy, natural way, Um, If they cry and a parent comes and provides care for them and they know that when they're hungry, they're going to eat. When they know that that they're hurting, someone's there to to care for them. When they know that when they're alone and they reach out for help for someone to be with them, 
and, and someone is with them, they begin to develop a belief about the world, even at a very young age, that the world is good and people are good and people are not scary or dangerous. Whenever you're in need, people can help and you're going to have your needs met. Whereas somebody who grows up and they don't have those needs met, maybe they cry nonstop and no one ever comes then we have some bro- broken, breaking things happening within their lives that now they believe the world is not a good place. Now the world is not something that can meet my needs. In fact, if you want something, you have to go get it because no one will be there to care for you. And it can develop all kinds of different personalities. It can develop all kinds of different ways of engaging with people. If you're married, you know that you brought into your relationship some of the things from your family that your new spouse is not really appreciative of and vice versa right and you're thinking gosh why in the world do you do that well that's just the way our family does things have you ever said that um that's part of how we develop and why at times relationships are just so hard so let me tell you what i want to do with you over these next few minutes and then i'm going to share a few things with you and then we're going to be done for today i am I'm excited. Today's Emma's birthday. She's 20 today. Everybody say happy birthday to her when you have a chance. Also excited my mom is here. So if you see any messed up things about me, you can talk to her about that later. It's her fault. Um, but I'm glad mom's here. Look, at she's going to get even with me later. Um, and uh, so I'm really happy that she's here with us this uh, weekend. And all right. So um uh, some of the other topics we're going to talk about, I wanted to let you know what we were going to talk about today. We were made for community. Next week, we're going to talk about love and marriage. Um, and then the following week, Deidre's going to join me on stage to talk about some of those attachment things, um, some of the things she's discussed in the trust-based relational intervention that some of you have participated in. Um, the next week, we're going to talk about dealing with toxic people because even though Uh, Jesus brought us to a place to care for people. There are times that we need to create healthy environments. And how do we deal with people that, um, even if we know, like something has has happened to you to make you this way. Um, We come to people knowing that we bring our own toxicity. Uh, But there is a way for us to deal with people who are hurting and broken. And we want to spend a week talking about that. Um, And then the last week, we're going to just talk about how to make a friend. All right? So, um, humanity was made for healthy community. Uh, The two things I want to share with you, one is the way of the kingdom versus the way of the world. And then how do we live in this type of community that is a healthy community, the kind that God intended and the kind the church is supposed to help foster. Now, when I use the word church over these next few weeks, um, that is not just to talk about journey. It is to talk about the community of believers across um, the whole world across all time, um, those people that call Jesus Lord and Savior and are seeking to become more like him and to help bring his kingdom into this world, just as the story of scripture tells us from beginning to end. Um, so when we talk about the church, some things will pertain to us as Journey Church. Some things will pertain to everybody who's a believer. We are just a piece of the bigger church. Um, so whenever we talk about that, that's what we are Uh, referencing Um, but this first one and i just want to take you through some familiar passages i want to hang out in one of them um, and then i want to kind of wrap up how do we 
live in this healthy community, and then, um, and then that's it for today. So the way of the kingdom versus the way of the world. The reason that friending, that um, being friends, that relationships in general are so difficult for us is because there is a way to follow Jesus in our relationships, and there is a way to follow the world, and it is not the same. You know this. You don't need to sit in a sermon um, to know that when you walk out of this place, and quite honestly, sometimes when you're in this place, that relationships are hard, sometimes they break, and sometimes we walk out and wondering, do I even want to be a part of these relationships? The world doesn't function the way God intended for it to function, but it did create for us the opportunity to have a healthy world in which to do life together. And when we understand not only how he intended for us to live life together, but we actually start to intentionally live that way, then the relationships that we begin to develop become life-giving for us and attractive for others who don't have those types of relationships. Relationships are everything in the story of Christ. When Jesus said, what is this all about? He said, if you want to know what everything's about that has ever been written about the kingdom, if you want to know why I'm here and everything that I'm about, it is summed up in loving God and loving others. That is it. That Everything can be summed up in that. The problem with us staying with that idea is that every person in this room has a different definition of what love is. Well, this is how I feel loved. If you feel loved by someone spending time with you, and yet the person that you most want to love you never spends time with you, it doesn't matter what else they do, you don't feel loved. Because you're different and you're unique. Likewise, if uh, your um, person, <laughs> a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife or, or even a, a mom or a dad or a son or a daughter or a cousin or whoever, if you love to show love by giving gifts, and yet the person that you're trying to show love doesn't want gifts, you may be, in your mind, loving them the, the best way you know how, and that they may reject it and not feel that they even know how to receive it and not feel loved at all. And so we have these conflicts that arise. Then we have our just different backgrounds. Because the kingdom is open to people from all different places, all different backgrounds, all different stories, all different um, ethnic backgrounds. There, We can all come from different places and the kingdom is for us us all. So how do we come into this kingdom with this level of brokenness and sometimes we don't even receive love in the way in which someone wants to give love? How do we deal with these ideas of relationship? Well, the way of the kingdom is different from the way of the world. This is one of the ways that Jesus talks about the way of the kingdom in relationships and remember when he said what is this whole story about it's about loving god and it's about loving people john chapter 15 verse 1 says i am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit already you are clean because of the word that i have spoken to you abide in me and i in you As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it it is that bears much fruit. 
For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So Jesus introduces this idea of the vine as a way to understand our relationships with each other and with God and what should happen as we live out these relationships in our life, this idea of a a vine. This idea that you and I are grafted into this vine and we both receive from it and we allow what God is giving through the vine to pass through us to others that are also on the vine in a way that life has not ever been intended for you to live as an individual but has been intended from the beginning for us to live in relationships with each other. You know the difference between feeling at home and loved and valued versus feeling lonely those are different feelings based on how we're doing in our relationships at the time i've talked with a lot of people that not only do they have conflict in relationships with other people they also have conflict in their relationship with god and and many more so now that we've been through the pandemic and why is all this happening and asking all kinds of different questions to where there's a number of people that feel like they have conflict with God now. It's a natural part of living in a world that has not gone according to plan. So how do we live in this world? How do we flesh this out? I brought a few little things with me. And... I thought it might just give us a little bit of a visual of what he's talking about. And since it's Halloween, candy that you can have later if you want. All right? Here's what I, here's what I want to, to try to do here. Um, I want to try to demonstrate the difference of the way of the world versus the way of the kingdom. All right? So if the... Way of the kingdom is the way of the vine, the way of the vine dresser, the way of the being grafted into a vine where you're a part of a connected whole. So I've got a I've got a clump of grapes, which is not a great illustration in the sense that we've cut it off the vine, so that's not good. <laughs> but let's pretend that it's still on the vine, and this is a continuation of the vine. And if you ever go to a vineyard and you see these long rows that are these singular vines that just wrap around and make these enormous uh, plants of grapes it's really an amazing thing to look at because while you still have all these individual plants growing up appearing down these rows of vines it's they're all interconnected into a, a single vine so if you want to create a new vineyard you can Take a cutting off of a vine, and if you plant it and tend it and give it a, a long enough time, it will develop its own vine. It's really an amazing way for something to grow, and then the grapes become this fruit. So the idea that I want to give you today is that this is going to be the way of the kingdom, 
And we will, for, for clarity's sake, make each of you a grape. <laughs> so let's pretend that each of you are one of these pieces of fruit and uh, you're, you're a grape that's attached to this vine and the large stalk, we'll say, is God or Jesus or God and Jesus. And, and through this vine, each of these individuals grow. Now the interesting thing about each of these grapes is that they are all singular they're all individuals but they're connected as a whole now i can pluck these off and they would be sitting by themselves but no matter what i do as long as you're grafted into the vine no matter where i go if i if i move the vine or if i take this clump of grapes and move it these grapes will all be together and they will all be next to each other, and they will all be grafted into the same vine. And the interesting thing is, as just the nourishment of the vine travels to each one of these fruits, it continues to travel to the rest of the vine. It's the idea that you and I both are individuals. See, someone just got kicked out of the church right there. So I hope don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. Um, One of the most crucial understandings of the relationships in the kingdom is that you are responsible for both being fed and feeding others. See, within a vine, a vine doesn't operate in the sense that we have this feeder and we have this feedee, the grape, and that's just all there is to it. It becomes one organism. I receive... But I also give. When we talk about marriage next week, we're going to talk about this very concept, the concept of receiving and giving. When you have in a relationship, one person's always receiving, one person's always giving, guess who's going to leave that relationship? The giver will eventually leave. So as we kind of dive into the idea of the kingdom there is this organic relationship between us that we need each other. Now in the world, the world operates a little differently because we value our independence and our uniqueness highly. Like we all want to be unique. You know, I don't see it as much, but uh, one of our, our largest medical centers in the area, um, their, their marketing slogan for a couple of years was, it's all about you. <laughs> and that is the way of the world. The idea that you are an individual component and all of the world should be there for your enjoyment. So you take what you want. You get what you want. You give if you want. But it's all about you. That idea is more like this bowl of M&Ms. All individuals, not connected. Now, they're in a bowl together, so or an urn, or I don't even know what you call this, a vase. Right now, they're together in this place, but they're all individuals. And what ends up happening in this world in which you and I live, and we experience it very young, I mean, at least by middle school, is that we begin to separate ourselves based on people that are like us. Whether they are like us because of our background, they're like us because of our story, they're like us because of our you know, interests and likes, our favorite football team, whatever. 
we begin to separate based on similarities. There's an old story about a band that only wanted green M&Ms. And so they asked in their rider that they would only give them green M&Ms to see if they had read their rider. But this is what we do. We start finding ways that we're different and we want to hang out with the people that are just like us, don't we? The things that we like to do the same things. We have the same sense of humor. We go to the same church, the same school. We live in the same neighborhood, or at least we have the same kind of level of house and car. Like our houses probably cost about the same. And the world begins to work this way that we gather just with the people that are just like us, and all of a sudden, we're asking ourselves, well, the blues don't really have anything to offer me, so I really don't need them. Or the greens don't really have anything to offer me, and I don't need them. And we don't really like, nobody likes the oranges, so we just tell them to go over and do their thing, and we'll do our thing over here. The individuality is a part of our creation. There is a part of God creating us that we are individuals and unique, but yet we are in, we are made to be interconnected. Not just interconnected with people that are just like us, but interconnected with people who are different from us. Now, one of the things that can happen, let's say, let's say this is our community. It's very easy, and that community could be a church. I mean, we're in church. It could be a church. But that community could be your, your, your school. It could be your family. It could be your neighborhood. It could be just the people you grew up with, whoever your community is. It could be just that group. What, what is so easy to do within this world, in this mindset of individuality and uniqueness, and it's all about me, and I just want to be around the people that make me happy and the people that you know make me have fun and those kinds of things. So a group of people can be a part of a community, and when you're individual and unique, you can just say, you know what, I'm done with this community. Hey, I like this community better. Now we're over here. And I don't feel that I've lost anything. In fact, I may even feel like I've gained something because I like that community better. And then sometimes this community gets a little tarnished, like, you know, this is just a plastic cup. That's not all that great, but, you know, this is a glass one. This community is way better, so I think we'll go from this community over to this community now. A few of us will go over here, and, oh, that feels good. And sometimes we kind of jump friendships like this. We jump from one friendship to the next. What are you doing for me? What have you done for me lately? One of the most difficult relationships that you'll be in is with someone you care about, and it's kind of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately relationship. And and the reason that's so hard is because for a while things are going well, but in their mind, in that type of a friend, something broke way back when, somewhere early on, in which they began to believe that life, good life, was all about when you got something for yourself. And so as long as someone was giving something to them, life was good and you were good. But, but then when you stopped giving, well, you weren't good anymore. Because in their mind, life is only good when somebody's giving you something. Then sometimes this one doesn't really get 
a lot of great attention because that's really it's a nice glass jar but it's not very decorative and here's a more decorative community over here and and they just seem to have more fun and have things together and they they dress nicer and you know they just i really like the things they do over there so now we're just going to jump over to that community you see if if this is the kingdom it makes it a lot harder to do that because you're stuck with these people right you're stuck with them. And it's harder to jump from one to the next. And in fact, if you were to, to leave the community, that's death. Like you're, you're going to eventually die. You're going to wither and die because you're now separated from the very one who is nourishing you. But the problem with relationships in the kingdom is in this world, in this world, when we are so easily separated from other people and we come into this kingdom and we then remove ourselves because we have this idea that it's about me and I'm an individual and I get to do what I want and this just doesn't feel good for me, we exercise that. And not only are we ourselves going to be dying, but now all of those that were receiving nourishment through you aren't receiving that nourishment either. The vine is the idea that we are responsible for each other, to each other. There are times I'm at my best. I mean, I'm really, I'm hitting on all cylinders. And then there are times that I'm just not. One of the hard things in life is when you're, you're just kind of hitting on all cylinders and, and everything's going well, and then you have kind of a bump in the road, and then all of a sudden it's just, you're harder to be around. Do you ever go through those times? Some of your best friends, my guess is, because I know you go through those times. Some of your best friends, my guess, are the people that are with you on your bad days. Not just the people that are there with you on your good days. See, there's a difference in the kingdom. Like, like we need each other. Not only do we need each other, we're responsible to each other. And not only are we responsible to each other, like your health depends in some part on me. And my health in some part, not in whole, but in some part requires you. It depends on you. And this is what Jesus was trying to get across to his disciples over and over and over again. And while the parable of the vine may be primarily about our interconnectedness with God, but he's trying to tell us, and what the story's been trying to tell us from the very beginning is it's also about us with each other. The relationships are incredibly important. We weren't made to do life this way. We were made to do life this way. But everything in our culture says it's all about you. But everything in the kingdom says it's all about us. There's a difference when we embrace the biblical idea of relationships. All right. That's one passage you're familiar with. How do we live in this type of community? How do we make this happen? It's interesting, fun little grape thing, and uh, M&M's in the bowl. But how, how do we live in this type of community? Let me create some space here. Whoops. Knocking over some stuff. There we go. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 42 is one is a description, not a prescription. It is a description. Many things in Scripture we have to recognize there's a difference in what is being described versus what is being prescribed. So the difference in that is um, seeing how people are growing in their faith um, is great to see. It doesn't mean we have to do exactly what they're doing um, if we're growing in our faith. But we see a very good indication of what happens with a group of people that have been grafted into this vine. They're connected with Christ, and they are growing in their faith, and it has an outpouring effect on their relationships. Listen to this in Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they revealed their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. And I I believe a better understanding of what's happening here. Um, that in part because of this growth in their relationships, day by day people were being saved. Because salvation is not just about being saved from our sins, it's being saved to something. It's not just recognizing I've done some bad things and I can't get into heaven because I've done bad things, it's being saved to something, to a different life, to a different way of life, to a different way of doing relationships, to a different way of, of seeing the world that is attractive, and when people see a group of people living it out, they're like, I want that. I want that. It says they devoted themselves together to teaching and fellowship, which feels an awful lot like a church program. But this is not about a church program. One of the things we have a tendency to do in the church today, because of this idea of individuality and uniqueness is, well, I just, this is the type of program I'm looking for, and so this is where I want to spend my time. But there's a difference in just wanting to be a part of a program loosely connected in some kind of community, a bunch of individuals in one place, and being connected to the vine. There's a difference here. Now, some of you are expecting me to say, so at Journey, that's why we're a vine. Like, sometimes we're a vine, Right? And sometimes we're this. Let's be honest. Sometimes we're a bunch of individuals sitting in a room and our our interconnectedness, there is no interconnectedness. Because one of the things that happened when the fall entered into the world is it broke our relationships with people and this is all about relationship. And while this looks like it could be about relationship, it doesn't have to be, just because we're in the same place together. Because we're still a bunch of different individuals. How do we get here? Well, do we sell everything we have and buy one big house and we all move in together? I hope not. <laughs> I mean, depending on the house. I've seen some nice houses. I mean, I could be persuaded. But uh, I hope not. Do we just sit around and look at each other? Wouldn't that be great? We're going we're gonna to walk out of here. We're going to go in the event hall. We're going to make a big circle. We're just going to sit in a circle. We're just going to look at each other. 
And we're just going to say, I love you. I mean, that, that, for some of you, you'd be like, yes, that would be a great Sunday morning. But for a lot of you, you'd be like, uh, please let me know when that's going to be because I'm going to be sick that day. How do we live this out? How do we live in this type of community? It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers. It says all who believed were together and had all things in common. There's something about finding the most beautiful truth in the world that makes you want to be around other people who have found the most beautiful truth in the world. There's just something about that. There's just something about being with someone else who has found a secret. And they wish everyone knew this secret because it's the best secret ever. And you just want to be around those people. There's just there's something there versus you need to go to church. I'll be honest, as a pastor, um, there are many days that I want to just stand up and say, you need to go to church. And it feels good when we've got a lot of people here and the seats are full and the singing's loud and it feels good when all of that is happening. But if that re- brings this together, a whole bunch of disconnected people, like I'm kind of hanging out with you, but there's really too many there's really there's really too many reds in this community for me. I really like all the reds in this community. Like I wish I could be a part of a community that had fewer reds. Or, you know, the, the, the yellows, everything was going great in Bible study till the yellow spoke up. And when the yellow spoke up, everything fell apart. Wouldn't it be great if we could do a Bible study and the yellow didn't come? But what happens when it's the yellow or the red or the blue or who, whatever that is inferior what if they're the conduit by which God has something to say to you and we separate them out because they're less desirable? There's a difference in the way of the world and the way of the kingdom. There's a responsibility for each other in the kingdom. There's no responsibility for each other in the world. There, there's a, a, a need you in the kingdom. I only need you to meet my basic immediate needs and if you can't do it, I'll find somebody else who will in the world because we're all individuals and the, where am I going to go? I, I don't want to be off this vine. That's death for me. See, relationships are so much more than simply find somebody you have something in common with. Find somebody that likes the same movies you like. Find somebody that listens to the same music you listen to. Find somebody that doesn't hurt your feelings. See, that, that is, there's a lot of relationship advice out there, but when we get to human nature, we... One of these is a lot harder than the other, but one of them brings a lot more fruit than the other. This is why when we talk about relationships, we've got to go down into human nature. Why have we become the way we've become? What what drives us? How do we live in this type of community? This is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. It says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And he's basically what um, they're talking about is the story of crucifixion in which when Jesus uh, died, the curtain split. The curtain is what separated humanity from God in the temple or in the tabernacle before that. 
And, but when Jesus died, he became our high priest. He became the one that gave us the um, avenue to God. And so he's saying now that we have this reality that we can approach God ourselves, we don't have to have a priest in order to approach God. And I mean, we have this opportunity to love God even more fully than we've ever loved him before and to experience his love more fully than we've ever experienced it before. Now that we have all of that and this new way of living because he's opened up through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have um, a great priest over the house of God talking about Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, which, so, I mean, that's been an issue all the way from day one, as you know, the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So how do we approach these healthy relationships? You know, we talked about soul activity and resilience. We, we, we began that series talking about the very basis of healthy life is connectedness with Christ. It begins with connectedness with Christ. If if the only time we think about Jesus is when we sing on Sunday mornings, we're not connected with Christ. If the only time we pray is when things go wrong, we're not connected with Christ. It does not mean that he's mad at us or he rejects us, but, but there is some kind of break when the rest of our lives go on independently and Jesus is only a part over here in this small little piece. God is good because Tennessee is 8 and 0. But God was not good when Tennessee was 0 and 8, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That, that's how the world works. God is good when He gives me everything I want. But when He doesn't, I question whether God is still good. You are good when you give me what I want, but when you fail to give me what I want, you are no longer good. This is why... Uh, we live in a time when, when a single conflict, a single conflict will break relationships forever. Now, for some of you, that's like a foreign concept because you're like, listen, listen, when I grew up, like if we didn't have a conflict every night, like, I mean, some, something was wrong. So, so, you know, for some of you, you're so used to conflict, like conflict's nothing. But for a lot of people, one conflict, signals you are not worth it to me you're not worth it to me it's it's not even really learning how to fight fair it's learning that the fight is not the point conflict is an inevitable part of a broken world and broken people coming together and to be quite honest um, you're going to have conflict here and you're going to have conflict here we cannot do this well enough that there's no conflict. We cannot do church good enough that everyone's always happy all the time. This is why we have the great migration, you know. Everybody's here and things are good. Things are not good. Everybody's over here for a while. That feels good. Conflict enters. We're going to go over here. Things are over here. But we don't just do that in church. We do that 
we do that in relationships, friendships, friend groups, marriages. I don't like you anymore. I'll go find somebody else I like better. Can I just be very honest? There are some days that Deidre recognizes that she's a blessed woman by being married to me. Usually it's on the days I remind her. But you might be surprised to know there are some days she doesn't feel very blessed to be married to me. Yeah, I know. It's hard hard for me to believe too. (laughs) Yeah, I make my own reality. Um, I don't know what I would do on the day if Deidre decided... Today you didn't add to my life, I'm done. Because there's a lot of days, I, I let's be honest, I don't add a whole lot to Deidre's life. In fact, I'm a drain on it. Because that's the nature of living in a broken world. That's the nature of living in a broken world. Some of the days that um, I'm a drain on Deidre are because of things I learned throughout my life that aren't the healthiest. And they present themselves. And sometimes she is so kind to point them out. And then we have more conflict, right? That's how it works. That's how it works. But Deidre and I, we're in the vine together. We're in the vine together. Now, let me be very careful. Every every analogy breaks down at some point. And and while I'm thankful that Deidre is on the vine with me, like, where are these two little grapes right here? Where's she going to go? Like, where's she going to go? I'm right there. I mean, I'm right here. All the time, right here. Where's she going to go? Um, let's be honest, there are times in abusive relationships, when we talk about toxic people, we're going to talk about this. There are times you've got to separate. It's just not healthy for either. Um, gosh, that is such a long, complex conversation because no two situations are alike in that scenario. But let's let's be honest, that does happen. But I just tell you, on the bad days, I'm really glad that that I, I'm right here and Deidre's right here, and there's nowhere for her to go. Because <laughs> it's the kingdom. I mean, Jesus has poured his whole life out. He's he he's let his his body be just torn to shreds. He's been nailed to a cross. He's been buried in a tomb. He's walked out, and he meets with the disciples. And Thomas is like, uh, "I'm not really sure you're him." Like, let's be honest. You've just endured all that, and like one of your top guys, like I mean, one of the twelve, one of your top guys is like, "Yeah, I'm not sure that's him." You, You'd be tempted to be like, okay, Thomas, <laughs> you're out of here. But not Jesus. Come on, see it, feel it, touch it. Me, I love you. Now this is the kingdom. And we're not good at this. Because cause this is the world. And let's be honest, the pandemic pushed us even more into this world. And in fact... By separating from each other, we thought we were doing the spiritual thing, right? So it, it's, it's harder. Because we had good intentions, and some of us still feel here. We're, we're here now. 
if we unpack just Hebrews 10, this, these are the, the statements that talk about what um, what we are encouraged, how we are encouraged to live in this type of community. The first one is this: draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Draw near, come together. There are some people that are harder to be near than others, and then there are some seasons of life that, for all of us, I'm easier to be around than others. Draw near, come together. Like we're all, this is the kingdom. We're all part of one thing here. Draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. We remember what this is all about. This is not about having a kids program. This is not about having lots of people in the seats for worship. This is not about a youth program that's the best in the city. This is not about our music's better than your music or our types of songs we sing are better than yours. Or whatever whatever litmus test we want to give for why we're better than somebody else. It is about a common story that we are all a part of, and that is that Jesus is redeeming the world and we get to be a part of it. Draw near, true heart and full assurance of faith. The second is this hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. I I believe these are two of the things that drove Acts 2, why they constantly got together all the time. Like they would go to the synagogue and, and listen to the apostles teach, but then they left and they were like, we got to talk about this. Come on, come hang out with me. Daily, they would get together and talk about this stuff together. And, and something began to happen within that community. It began to grow and bear fruit. And people watched and they were like, look at those people. Like they are so committed to this. Like they just love being together. And I know that guy, that guy's really weird. And they even let him in. I want to know more about that. Because remember, we're saved from something, but we're also saved to something. So many times our gospel presentation is all about being saved from something. I want to be saved from hell. I want to be saved from sin. I want God to be on my side, not against me. But, but that's not the way Jesus talked about salvation. He said you're being saved to something. You're being saved to a better way to live life. You're being saved to a way to have deeper, stronger, better relationships. You're being saved to a place where you are redeeming the wrongs that are happening in your life and the world. But also, you're, letting, you're working with me to redeem the whole world together. We're bringing them together. We're, we're going to change the world by the way you guys love each other. Because Jesus went on to say, they will know that you're following me, that you really get me by your love for one another. It's really an amazing concept that the story is so much bigger than just trying to get to heaven. It's about how we live our lives right now. goes on to say, verse 24, stir up one another to love and good works. Now let's be honest, most of us don't like to be stirred up. Like, we get stirred up over lots of things. We get stirred up over football and we get stirred up over politics and we get stirred up over our work schedules or we get stirred up over, you know, whatever. And most of us don't actually like to be stirred up. We like things to be pretty much the way we want them to be. Like, I just want everybody to get along. I just want everybody to do, do what I want them to do. I just want to go through life with as much ease as possible. But this idea of stirring up 
is the idea of con- of confronting, agitating, pushing, pulling, saying we need to we need to do something different here. Again, not something that's very popular within the world. Just let me be the way I am. God, God doesn't let us just be who we are. He's drawing us somewhere, transforming us into something. And this hope is that we will increasingly bear His image. But what do we stir each other up for? Stir each other to love? Because at times we need to confront each other and say, I, don't, I just don't think that's the way we're supposed to love somebody. But also to good works. like That's just not what Jesus wanted us, how He wanted us to live our lives. We sh- there are times that we need to confront each other but, but we live in an age in which confrontation means the end of a relationship. Let's be honest, some confrontations are, are not healthy that happen in our relationships. But you will not have healthy relationships without some level of confrontation at some point. But if we're here and, and we're not going anywhere, that's different than, oh, let me just go over here. I don't have that confrontation and conflict. That's a difference in the way the kingdom works. Stir up one another to love and good works. Meet together regularly. That's the fourth thing. And again, there's a difference in you just you, you need to come to church. I, I'm not sure you're gonna make it in heaven if you don't come to church. There's a difference in that. And then I just want to be around other people who get Jesus. I just want to be around other people who get Jesus. I just want to be around other people who get Jesus. You see the difference? He goes on and says, encourage one another. Which literally to encourage, we've talked about this before, literally means to take some of my courage and give it to somebody who needs some. So that when you are not in a good place, you just need somebody to be there to prop you up. You just need somebody when you feel a lack of courage to give you some courage. That is what encouragement is. A lot of times we have a tendency to fall on the side of, oh, I like to stir up each other. (laughs) I like that. I'm going to stir you up. Look at all the things you're doing wrong. That breaks relationships when we never offer courage to people who need it. When people are breaking or broken, and we aren't there to encourage them, we are not being the kingdom. All of this to say, and this is kind of our introduction into this bigger picture of how do we have healthy relationships moving forward? How do how are we better friends? Um, How do we understand this in the context of dating and marriage? Um, What happens when relationships go really, really, really wrong? We begin with the reality that we were made for healthy community. We were made for healthy... Like, it's not an added bonus... This is how you were made. It's not that this is a good idea. Like, this is a necessity. 
It's not that you ought to think about this at some point. Like, this is how you need to live your life because this is how you're made. This is what you have to have. Without it, you're missing a vital component of life. We were made for a healthy community. All right? That's all I got. I don't know that you want any of these m and I've been sticking my hand down in them, but you're welcome to some if you do. I take no responsibility if you get something as a result. But uh, um, this, is, this is where healthy life is. And it's not just with each other. In the story, God is still the center of them all. Center of our marriages. Center of our friendships. The center of our churches. The center of our communities. God is still at the center of them all. All right? Father.